Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, David. How are you today? Fantastic, Wendy. How are you? Oh, I love to hear fantastic. I am fantastic as well. We have a guest with us today once again. Yes, Mike Smith is back because we are still talking about investments. Um, It is a big topic and a lot to cover. So Mike is back with us today and uh, we continue our discussion of investments as we get into uh, some different areas. So we're going to cover mutual funds and ETFs and talk a little bit about annuities and maybe even some, uh, you know, stock options and things of that nature. Okay. Well, Mike, welcome and thank you for being here. Oh, no worries. It's great to be back with you, Wendy. All right. So let's get into it. So when we talk about investments last time, we, we got into, you know, what is a stock it's the difference between stock and bonds, uh, you know, real basic, you know, you, you either own something, which is a stock uh, or a company or real estate, or you are loaning your money to someone who's going to pay you interest, which is a bond or a savings account or a money market account uh, of something of that nature. So today, you know, money markets are paying a lot, whereas it used to be that you couldn't get anything on a money market. So now loan investments look pretty attractive versus um, uh, what they used to be in the marketplace. So uh, we're going to take that, though, and then say, okay, well, you may want to, you know, there's a lot of stocks out there to pick. There's a lot of bonds to choose. How do you buy individual bonds? There's a lot of questions about that. So you may want to have your accounts professionally managed. Okay. So what are we talking about when we say professionally managed? Well, most people are familiar with what they have in their 401k, right? In your 401k, you have mutual funds. Did you know that mutual funds are professionally managed accounts? Did you know that? I'm asking you, Wendy. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I assumed they were. Okay. Yes, they are actually. Okay. Yay. And and did you know that you pay a fee for that? Yeah, I assumed that as well. Yes. And that's it all funds have some sort of fee associated. Well, now your index funds, which are really passive investments that track a particular index, like the SP 500, the NASDAQ, or a sector, even, you know, it may buy the energy sector or something like that. Those are passive which means they tend to be much lower in cost, okay? Usually in the 0.05 to 0.15% fee cost. So internal cost to, they they call it the expense ratio on the fund. So your expense ratios for indexes are fairly low. But now when you start talking international funds, small cap funds, international equity debt funds, specialized bond funds of some sort, you start getting into higher costs. So in those, in a 401k, you may be paying uh, as much as 1% or more. So 100 basis points versus 0.15 is what we're talking about. So they can get expensive. And in fact, some 
mutual funds are cost more than 1% in terms of the expense ratio. So you should be aware of that when you're evaluating things because the, the more complex the management underneath, which obviously if you're investing in international stocks, that's pretty complex. So how do you choose that? That's going to be more expensive. Mutual funds are great when they're inside of a 401k account. Outside of that, they're not very tax efficient. So they're great if you're in a tax deferred investment or a tax-free investment like a Roth, but they're not that great if you're investing outside of that, just say in a brokerage account that's taxable because they're not tax efficient. And that's a disadvantage of mutual funds. Now, the advantage of having a uh, management is you're getting professionals to pick what goes into that account. In an actively managed type of mutual fund, they tend to be more expensive, uh, you're hoping to beat an index. So the, the objective is to sort of beat the index that's out there. And there are a lot of different mutual funds out there, aren't there, Mike? I mean, a ton. There are thousands of mutual funds just in the U.S., and it's very important to look at what the specific objective is to narrow your choices and, and to make sure that the fund's goals are aligned with yours. So the very first thing, you'll, you, if you're considering investing in a mutual fund, please read the perspective. The prospectus will have information about the fund manager and the analyst, the fund family, the expenses, any rules that come into play, uh, tax implications, uh, performance history, things like that. So please read the perspective to make sure you you know what you're getting into. There are, as David mentioned, so many different categories of mutual funds. Uh, just in focusing now on stock funds, you can split it up by the size of companies, uh, large cap funds, small cap funds, um, geography. Do you want to go US or international? Uh, do you want active or passive management? Are you looking to invest in a specific sector such as healthcare? There's so many choices out there. So you get some help. You've got a diversified fund. Uh, your money is pooled with other investors. But as David mentioned, it's it's they're very uh, tax inefficient. So within an IRA or a 401k, they, they, they can be great investments, but be very careful in, in a brokerage account. They may not be the best choice for you. Yeah, they can kick off unexpected capital gains and taxes if you're investing outside of a traditional IRA or Roth IRA or in your 401k. And so you want to be careful when you get outside of that with a mutual fund. The other thing with the mutual fund, Mike mentioned the inside of that, you need to pay attention because that's where you'll find out what their the fees are, what their costs are for managing that money for you. And you should pay attention to that because a lot of people don't see that because what happens with a mutual fund is that fee is taken out and then you get your returns. So in other words, you don't actually see, okay, I'm paying uh, 0.25% or I'm paying 0.5% for management. What you see is your return. You don't ever see that cost. It's hidden inside of the fund. They talk about it in the, pers in the perspective, uh, but they do not necessarily show you, okay, here's the fee coming out. So a lot of people... That's why a lot of people think they don't pay anything for their 401k management, but in fact, they do. <laughs> they just don't see it. <laughs> so that those are mutual funds and they tend to be a little more expensive. Now let's talk about exchange traded funds or ETFs a little bit, yeah. Mike. I'll let you jump on that. Exchange traded funds or ETFs, good alternatives for mutual funds within your brokerage account. They will also be diversified funds. They could be anything from healthcare to index funds to even some actively managed ones. But the big difference is they are uh, tax efficient. 
most capital gains are delayed until you sell the fund versus the fund passing funds down uh, gains down to you, whether or not you sell it, they will be taxed when you actually sell the fund. Once again, you need to read the perspective to understand what you're buying. Uh, there are a lot more ETF choices than there were in the past. They're almost catching up with mutual funds as far as choices. Uh, several of them are uh, inexpensive, so they are really gaining in popularity here. Yeah, and I think the the nice thing about the ETFs is that they're, like Mike said, they're much more tax efficient. They're traded like a stock real time, whereas mutual funds are traded when you sell a mutual fund in the morning. Uh, you really didn't sell it at that price. You have to wait and they give you an end of day valuation on the fund. So yeah, you see the market going down. So you sell your mutual fund. Well, guess what? Didn't do you any good. You're still going to experience the down day completely. Whereas if you have an ETF and you sell in the morning, it's gone. It's it's out of your portfolio, just like a stock. The other thing, nice thing about ETFs is that you can put in limit orders and stop loss orders and things like that with an ETF. That's not possible with a mutual fund. So when we talk tax efficiency, there's a whole lot of things that apply there, but the ETF really does give you a lot of leverage and a lot of abilities, especially outside of a mutual fund. Now, outside of a, of a qualified account, IRA, 401k, et cetera. Now, some companies do allow you to buy ETFs inside of your 401k, but that I haven't seen very many of them. Almost all of them use mutual funds. That may change in the future, but ETFs tend to be quite a bit less expensive in terms of expense ratios. We're talking 0 0.02, 0 0.03, almost free, really, uh, when you start looking at the passive types of uh, ETFs out there. Now, some ETFs do try to beat indexes. They have special formulas and they may charge you more to do that. If their performance history is there and it makes sense. You might want to try something along those lines, but it can be pretty complicated uh, in terms of dealing with the non-passive or actively managed ETFs that are out there. We really like ETFs as a general investment category. Now, one area that I talk about too, when we talk professionally managed, we mentioned the mutual funds, we mentioned ETFs, but there's another category and that is when you hire someone like us, to manage your assets for you. Uh, and generally speaking, you're talking about working with a financial advisor that's going to a CFP or somebody like that who's going to manage your assets. And generally what they do is they put you in a portfolio, a model, uh, like if you go to Wells Fargo or UBS or, or any of these companies, they have these models that they build and they stick you in the model. Sometimes these models are made up of just stocks Many times, though, I find that there are models that have a lot of mutual funds inside. So they're going to charge you a fee, usually 1% or something like that to manage your assets for you. But be careful because you may also be paying a fee for all of the mutual funds that they invest in. So you're really getting double caught the double cost there. So be aware of that when the advisor is using mutual funds for you or even ETFs, especially if the ETFs are have higher costs associated with them are actively managed. So you have to look at that very carefully. Is there a way that we can ask what, you know, a way that we can ask somebody if we're going to be double? Absolutely. You should okay. ask. You should okay. ask how they invest. You should ask, do you use mutual funds? Uh, are they passive? Are they, you know, local? What are the, what are the internal costs on those things? So find that out up front so that you're not, so yeah, it's 1%. I'm paying you, but now I'm also paying 1% to the fund manager. So now it's 2% really. Right. You have to be aware of that and cognizant of that and go in with eyes wide open when you're dealing with these things. 
Now, what we like to do is we like to buy individual stocks and individual bonds. Well, there's no additional cost for you there. You're paying us the 1%. We pay us the 1%. We pick the stocks and bonds for you. And that's it. Now, we may add in an ETF or something, a passive ETF with a 0.02, a 0.03 to maybe overweight a given sector. And that's very deliberate. We explain that and talk about that. But we try to keep all the costs as low as possible uh, so that all you're paying is our fee. That's what that's the approach you want to take. And you are getting professional management. Now, the other advantage of working with an advisor is that we can basically really control taxes and watch the tax efficient with how we're investing the assets. Uh, we can work with legacy positions, work around legacy positions, like if you've inherited a stock or something like that. You may, you know, granddaddy left me this stock. I don't want to sell this stock. So you know, I want to keep it for my kids or something like that. So we can all, we can work around that. Whereas if you were just to throw it into a, um, you know, some other account, you might not be able to. There's a lot of advantages. And the biggest one really is the tax advantages. So if you have taxable money, advisors can be a big help in terms of minimizing your taxes on the in the way they invest the assets and do uh, sort of harvest the losses and gains in the account over time to keep your taxes as low as possible. So that's another way to get professional money management. Now, one other way that we can talk about too uh, on professional money management are annuities. I would say that we are not an annuity shop. We really don't like annuities in general. Annuities really are income producing vehicles, but a lot of people have annuities uh, and there are some ways that they can be used that are to your advantage. But I'll, I'll let Mike start talking about the two types, basic types of annuities and how they're used in the marketplace a little bit. Yeah. So the main goal for most folks is risk reduction and retirement income, tax deferred growth or, or death benefit. So assets are typically accumulating tax deferred to provide future income for you. And they can be annuitized um, later on to begin lifetime income payments. The guarantees to pay you for your lifetime, though, is is really related to the ability for the insurance company that issues your contract to be able to pay the claims. So you, you obviously have to put a lot of thought into you're tying up a lot of money with somebody for a long time. Uh, really, do your your homework on this insurance company. Are they going to be able to meet the needs of uh, your income down the road? One thing to be aware of too, there are typically surrender charges on annuities. So they can run anywhere typically from seven to 10 years. If you decide to change your mind in a few years, you'd like your money back, you will be hit with a, a pretty significant penalty to get that, that money back. So these are uh, complex investments to say the least. So there's two types of annuities, fixed and variable. A variable contract, you'll typically have investments within them. So the fluctuation of the value of the contract over over the years because you're investing. And a fixed is basically uh, you'll get a, more of a, a flat return over years and less uh, fluctuation. Uh, I just wanted to, to make you very aware. These fees are um, significant at times, so please be aware of this. There's uh, The first one I mentioned is a contingent deferred sales charge, which will be incurred if you surrendered the contract too early or if you withdraw funds that exceeded uh, the free withdrawal amount, which could typically be about 10% of the contract. If you were to uh, try to withdraw more than 10%, you're hit with the sales charge. There are administration fees to manage and the administrative work on the annuities. There are rider fees. If you wanted to add on features, uh, that would be an extra cost. The fund expenses within, the, within your contract, they have mutual fund expense costs. Premium charges to keep the annuity policy in force. 
There might be a premium charge, which will typically be a percentage of the premium. And there could be a surrender charge, as I mentioned. So uh, really look into these. And if you add them up sometimes, uh, people are a bit surprised at times of what they're actually paying, David. Yeah. I mean, people are looking at on the low side, two and a half percent on the high side, as much as five or 6%, depending on the riders they put on there. So in other words, you have to earn five or 6% just to break even in these contracts. So a lot of the times what happens with these annuities is you end up underwater very quickly and the costs internally are just eating you up. These are contracts with insurance companies and they believe me, they build these things so that the insurance companies will make money. They are not built for the investor to make money <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> now there are, we tend to, if we do use an annuity, it is usually just for income purposes. So if somebody says, hey, I want a guaranteed income for life of X amount, then we can do that with an annuity. But that's usually the only real, in my mind, good use of an annuity is that guaranteed income stream. Now, we do have annuities on the books. We are very familiar with them. We do what I call annuity rescue because a lot of times contracts are in a state where you really, it's not in the best interest of the client to surrender them. They should keep them you know, and, and and draw the benefits down on that annuity contract because that's their best bet. Getting out of it doesn't make sense. They need to try and use the riders and things like that that they bought to take the money out of the contract that way as opposed to surrendering it. It may be a contract that must stay in an annuity basis because of the taxes involved. To surrender it, you would be paying a lot in taxes. Uh, we see that a lot with uh, inherited annuities. People have a lot built up inside of them. We really have to keep the annuity in an annuity format in order to service the client. And we use fee-based annuities only. So we strip the cost down. We apply our fee, not the, the contract fee, and try to keep the cost as low as possible. But even with that, we're still talking about 2%. That's about as low as you can go on an annuity. So in general, I like to say annuities are not a great investment. They're a great income producer. That's really what they're for. Uh, if you're looking for a guaranteed income stream, that's what an annuity does better than anything else that I'm aware of. Uh, and these days, they're getting more attractive on their guaranteed income streams because interest rates have gone up. So that makes annuity income payments a little more attractive, just as many pension payments have improved for the same reason. Higher interest rates help the annuity contracts guarantee better payments long-term. We mentioned the two types variable and fixed. Within the fixed category, there is the worst possible animal I've ever seen. They call them indexed annuities. Okay, They are not sold by anybody who's licensed usually to, to do um, securities work. They really don't even, a lot of times they're, they're, they're developed so that insurance agents can sell something that looks like an investment in the market because it's following an index. These usually have the longest surrender charges and believe it or not, the highest internal cost, but they tell you there's no cost. Uh, the other thing to remember with annuities is that they are sold. They're not something that you can sort of choose. They are always being sold because the commissions that are paid on annuities are rather high. Imagine, oh, I've got a $200,000 IRA. I want to roll into annuity and get guaranteed income. The agent says, oh, no problem. I'll take care of that for you. How? Guess what they earn on that? We're talking twelve grand on that sale or higher. So they're they're looking to make, it's all about, that's why I don't like annuities. It's just, they're really, in my opinion, usually not in the best interest of the client. So we try to stay away from them. Now, one other area I just wanted to mention, you know, we work with clients, we are trying to keep taxes at a minimum. 
An area that we can add a lot of value is where you're dealing with employee stock options or some other stock benefit that you're getting from your company. So we can help you figure that out, understand what's going on. Uh, we even work with clients that are you know with Apple and have and believe me, that's one of the most complex stock option treatments I've ever seen. But you, we we can help clients navigate that and keep taxes to a minimum. So yeah, I'd like to give you a quick background on employee stock options. Uh, they provide the right for you to buy your employer stock in the future at a determined price known as the grant price. And the grant price is often the market price at the time that the options are granted to you by your employer. If the stock appreciates, the employee will have the right to buy the stock at the original grant price and sell it at the current price for a profit. Now, there's two types of employee stock options. They both have very different set of tax rules. A non-qualified option is an NSO, and they are taxed immediately as current income on the difference of spread between the grant price and the exercise price. The exercise price is just where, where you purchase the stock. So for example, if the grant is $15 and you exercise your option when the st- uh, stock is 50, you'll be taxed on $35 while you, you sell the shares right away or, or hold on. So if you don't set money aside, or if the value of the stocks falls after you exercised your options, you may have a big tax problem. The other type is the incentive stock options, ISO, more tax-friendly option for you. You don't pay taxes upon exercising the option, but if you hold the shares for two years after the options are granted, and then one year after you exercise your option, you avoid paying taxes on the spread. So in this case, you only pay capital gains on the difference between the exercise price and the sales price. So keep in mind, if you're if you have a lot of options, you, you may not want to buy them. It may not be a good deal for you. Mm-hmm. But if you do buy them, you need to be very aware of the tax con- uh, and consult a professional on that because uh, you can create a problem unknowingly. Yeah. One thing I'd like to say is that you know we're going to talk in the next episode about how to mitigate risk. And so we're going to get into all of that. So if you're investing, you know, every, hey, what about the risks involved? We're going to go through that. Um, so that's in our next session. One thing to remember is that you know we are here to help people answer difficult financial questions. The more complex your situation, the more we can help. So stock options are a great example of an area that we can add a lot of value. Tax situations, business owner situations are where we can add a lot of value because we can really help with the tax questions there. So that's where we come to play and really can add value to our clients. And when I say add value, I mean like dollars in your pocket. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're all about is trying to help make sure you keep as possible, as much of what you make as possible. And if you have a particular question, you know, if you go to our website, rvawealthmanagement.com, there's a little button on schedule appointment. Hey, that'll take you to a little ask anything 20 minute session. So you can schedule an ask anything 20 minute session with me or somebody on the staff, but usually it's me. And we will answer any question you might have. Might it be on stock options? Might it be on tax questions uh, related to your business or how to save on tax dollars or tax investments, that kind of thing? We're here to answer those questions. So keep that in mind. Uh, And if you just want to call and schedule some time too, you can call me at um, 804-622-1722. That's my direct line. So if you're interested, let us know. Uh, We'd love to talk to you. Mike, do you have anything you want to say at the end here? If you're considering buying an annuity, please call David and ask if it's a good idea. (laughs) He wants you to keep your money. Yeah, I want you to keep your money and not give it to the insurance company. Don't bring, the- don't bring it to us after you've signed the contract. And then right. After- good advice. Good advice. Well, thank you, guys. We appreciate the information. And thank you for listening. 
Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RVA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.